0: Chapter fourteen part two of Ramona. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ramona by Helen Hunt Jackson. Chapter fourteen part two. It was sunset of the eighteenth day since Alessandro's departure. Ramona had lain for four days well nigh motionless on her bed. She herself began to think she must be going to die. Her mind seemed to be vacant of all thought. She did not even sorrow for Alessandro's death. She seemed torpid body and soul. Such prostrations as these are nature's enforced rests. It is only by help of them that our bodies tide over crises, strains in which if we continued to battle we should be slain as ramona lay half unconscious neither awake nor yet asleep on this evening she was suddenly aware of a vivid impression produced upon her it was not a sound it was not a sight she was alone the house was still as death the warm september twilight silence reigned outside she sat up in her bed intent "'half-alarmed, half-glad, bewildered, alive. "'What had happened? "'Still there was no sound, no stir. "'The twilight was fast deepening, not a breath of air moving. "'Gradually her bewildered senses and faculties "'awoke from their long-dormant condition. "'She looked around the room. "'Even the walls seemed revivified. "'She clasped her hands and leaped from the bed.' alessandro is not dead she said aloud and she laughed hysterically he is not dead she repeated he is not dead he is somewhere near with quivering hands she dressed and stole out of the house after the first few seconds she found herself strangely strong she did not tremble her feet trod firm on the ground oh miracle she thought as she hastened down the garden walk i am well again "'Alessandro is near.' "'So vivid was the impression that when she reached the willows "'and found the spot silent, vacant as when she had last sat there, "'hopeless, broken-hearted, she experienced a revulsion of disappointment. "'Not here,' she cried, not here, and a swift fear shook her. "'Am I mad? Is it this way perhaps people lose their senses "'when they are as I have been?' but the young strong blood was running swift in her veins. No, this was no madness, rather a newly discovered power, a fullness of sense, a revelation. Alessandro was near. Swiftly she walked down the river road. The farther she went, the keener grew her expectation, her sense of Alessandro's nearness. In her present mood she would have walked on and on, even to Temecula itself, sure that she was at each step drawing nearer to alessandro as she approached the second willow copse which lay perhaps a quarter of a mile west of the first she saw the figure of a man standing leaning against one of the trees she halted it could not be alessandro he would not have paused for a moment so near the house where he was to find her she was afraid to go on IT WAS LATE TO MEET A STRANGER IN THIS LONELY SPOT. THE FIGURE WAS STRANGELY STILL, SO STILL THAT AS SHE PEERED THROUGH THE DUSK, SHE HALF FANCIED IT MIGHT BE AN OPTICAL illusion. SHE ADVANCED A FEW STEPS, HESITATINGLY, THEN STOPPED. AS SHE DID SO, THE MAN ADVANCED A FEW STEPS, THEN STOPPED. AS HE CAME OUT FROM THE SHADOW OF THE TREES, SHE SAW THAT HE WAS OF ALESSANDRO'S HEIGHT, She quickened her steps, then suddenly stopped again. What did this mean? It could not be Alessandro. Ramona wrung her hands in agony of suspense. An almost unconquerable instinct urged her forward, but terror held her back. After standing irresolute for some minutes, she turned to walk back to the house, saying, "'I must not run the risk of its being a stranger. If it is Alessandro, he will come.' but her feet seemed to refuse to move in the opposite direction. Slower and slower she walked for a few paces, then turned again. The man had returned to his former place and stood as at first, leaning against the tree. "'It may be a messenger from him,' she said, "'a messenger who has been told not to come to the house until after dark.' Her mind was made up. She quickened her pace to a run, A few moments more brought her so near that she could see distinctly. It was, yes, it was Alessandro. He did not see her. His face was turned partially away, his head resting against the tree. He must be ill. Ramona flew rather than ran. In a moment more Alessandro had heard the light steps. "'turned, saw Ramona, and with a cry bounded forward, "'and they were clasped in each other's arms "'before they had looked in each other's faces. "'Ramona spoke first. "'Disengaging herself gently and looking up, she began, "'Alessandro!' "'But at the first sight of his face she shrieked. "'Was this Alessandro, this haggard, emaciated, speechless man "'who gazed at her with hollow eyes, full of misery and no joy?' "'Oh, God!' cried Ramona. "'You have been ill. "'You are ill. "'My God, Alessandro, what is it?' Alessandro passed his hand slowly over his forehead, as if trying to collect his thoughts before speaking, all the while keeping his eyes fixed on Ramona with the same anguished look, convulsively holding both her hands in his. "'Señorita,' he began. "'My senorita!' And then he stopped his tongue seemed to refuse him utterance and this voice this strange hard unresonant voice whose voice was it not alessandro's my senorita he began again i could not go without one sight of your face but when i was here i had not courage to go near the house if you had not come i should have gone back without seeing you "'Ramona heard these words in fast-deepening terror. "'What did they mean?' "'Her look seemed to suggest a new thought to Alessandro. "'Heavens, senorita,' he cried, "'have you not heard? "'Do you not know what has happened?' "'I know nothing,' love answered Ramona. "'I have heard nothing since you went away. "'For ten days I have been sure you were dead, "'but to-night something told me that you were near "'and I came to meet you.' At the first words of Ramona's sentence, Alessandro threw his arms around her again. As she said, love, his whole frame shook with emotion. My senorita, he whispered, my senorita, how shall I tell you, how shall I tell you? What is there to tell Alessandro, she said? I am afraid of nothing now that you are here and not dead as I thought. But Alessandro did not speak. It seemed impossible at last straining her closer to his breast he cried dearest senorita i feel as if i should die when i tell you i have no home my father is dead my people are driven out of their village i am only a beggar now senorita like those you used to feed and pity in the los angeles convent as he spoke these last words he reeled and supporting himself against the tree added "'I am not strong, senorita. We have been starving.' Ramona's face did not reassure him. Even in the dusk he could see its look of incredulous horror. He misread it. "'I only came to look at you once more,' he continued. "'I will go now. May the saints bless you, my senorita, always. "'I think the Virgin sent you to me to-night. "'I should never have seen your face if you had not come.' While he was speaking, Ramona had buried her face in his bosom. Lifting it now, she said, "'Did you mean to leave me to think you were dead, Alessandro?' "'I thought that the news about our village must have reached you,' he said, "'and that you would know I had no home and could not come, "'to seem to remind you of what you had said. "'Oh, senorita, it was little enough I had before to give you. "'I don't know how I dared to believe that you could come to be with me.' but i loved you so much i had thought of many things i could do and lowering his voice and speaking almost sullenly it is the saints i believe who have punished me thus for having resolved to leave my people and take all i had for myself and you now they have left me nothing and he groaned who cried ramona was there a battle was your father killed she was trembling with horror No, answered Alessandro, there was no battle. There would have been if I had had my way, but my father implored me not to resist. He said it would only make it worse for us in the end. The sheriff, too, he begged me to let it all go on peaceably and help him keep the people quiet. He felt terribly to have to do it. It was Mr. Rothsaker from San Diego. We had often worked for him on his ranch. He knew all about us. "'Don't you recollect, Senorita, I told you about him, "'how fair he always was, and kind, too? "'He has the biggest wheat-ranch in Cajon. "'We've harvested miles and miles of wheat for him. "'He said he would have rather died almost than have had to do it, "'but if we resisted, he would have to order his men to shoot. "'He had twenty men with him.' They thought there would be trouble, and well they might, turning a whole village full of men and women and children out of their houses, and driving them off like foxes. If it had been any man but Mr. Rothsaker, I would have shot him dead if I had hung for it. But I knew if he thought we must go, there was no help for us. "'But Alessandro,' interrupted Ramona, "'I can't understand. Who was it made Mr. Rothsaker do it? Who has the land now?' i don't know who they are alessandro replied his voice full of anger and scorn they're americans eight or ten of them they all got together and brought a suit they call it up in san francisco and it was decided in the court that they owned all our land that was all mr rothsaker could tell about it it was the law he said and nobody could go against the law oh said ramona that's the way the americans took so much of the senora's land away from her it was in the court up in san francisco and they decided that miles and miles of her land which the general had always had was not hers at all they said it belonged to the united states government "'They're a pack of thieves and liars, every one of them,' cried Alessandro. "'They're going to steal all the land in this country. "'We might all just as well throw ourselves into the sea and let them have it.' "'My father had been telling me this for years. "'He saw it coming, but I did not believe him. "'I did not think men could be so wicked. "'But he was right. "'I am glad he is dead. "'That is the only thing I have to be thankful for now.' one day i thought he was going to get well and i prayed to the virgin not to let him i did not want him to live he never knew anything clear after they took him out of his house that was before i got there i found him sitting on the ground outside they said it was the sun that had turned him crazy but it was not it was his heart breaking in his bosom he would not come out of his house and the men lifted him up and carried him out by force and threw him on the ground "'and then they threw out all the furniture we had, "'and when he saw them doing that, "'he put his hands up to his head and called out, "'Alessandro, Alessandro,' and I was not there. "'Señorita, they said it was a voice to make the dead hear that he called with, "'and nobody could stop him. "'All that day and all the night he kept on calling. "'God, Senorita, I wonder I did not die when they told me.' "'When I got there, someone had built up a little booth of tool over his head "'to keep the sun off. "'He did not call any more, only for water, water. "'That was what made them think the sun had done it. "'They did all they could, but it was such a dreadful time, nobody could do much. "'The sheriff's men were in great hurry, they gave no time. "'They said the people must all be off in two days. "'Everybody was running hither and thither, "'everything out of the houses in piles on the ground. "'The people took all the roofs off their houses, too. "'They were made of the tool reeds, so they would do again. "'Oh, senorita, don't ask me to tell you any more. "'It is like death. I can't.' "'Ramona was crying bitterly. "'She did not know what to say. "'What was love in face of such calamity? "'What had she to give a man stricken like this?' don't weep senorita said alessandro drearily tears kill one and do no good how long did your father live asked ramona clasping her arms closer around his neck they were sitting on the ground now and ramona yearning over alessandro as if she were the strong one and he the one to be sheltered had drawn his head to her bosom caressing him as if he had been hers for years nothing could have so clearly shown his enfeebled and benumbed condition as the manner in which he received these caresses which once would have made him beside himself with joy he leaned against her breast as a child might he he died only four days ago i stayed to bury him and then i came away i have been three days on the way the horse the poor beast is almost weaker than i "'The Americans took my horse,' Alessandro said. "'Took your horse?' cried Ramona, aghast. "'Is that the law, too?' "'So Mr. Rothsaker told me. "'He said the judge had said he must take enough of our cattle and horses "'to pay all it had cost for the suit-up in San Francisco. "'They didn't reckon the cattle at what they were worth, I thought, "'but they said cattle were selling very low now.' "'There were not enough in all the village to pay it, "'so we had to make it up in horses, and they took mine. "'I was not there the day they drove the cattle away, "'or I would have put a ball into Benito's head "'before any American should ever have had him to ride. "'But I was over in Pachanga with my father. "'He would not stir a step for anybody but me, "'so I led him all the way, and then after he got there, "'he was so ill I never left him a minute.' He did not know me any more, nor know anything that had happened. I built a little hut of tule and he lay on the ground till he died. When I put him in his grave, I was glad. "'In Temecula?' asked Ramona. "'In Temecula!' exclaimed Alessandro fiercely. "'You don't seem to understand, senorita. "'We have no right in Temecula, not even to our graveyard full of the dead.' "'Mr. Rothsaker warned us all not to be hanging about there, "'for he said the men who were coming in were a rough set "'and they would shoot any Indian at sight "'if they saw him trespassing on their property.' "'Their property,' ejaculated Ramona. "'Yes, it is theirs,' said Alessandro doggedly. "'That is the law. "'They've got all the papers to show it.' "'That is what my father always said. "'If the Senor Valdez had only given him a paper... But they never did in those days nobody had papers the american law is different it is a law of thieves cried ramona yes and of murderers too said alessandro don't you call my father murdered just as much as if they had shot him i do and oh senorita my senorita there was jose you recollect jose who went for my violin "'But, my beloved one, I am killing you with these terrible things. "'I will speak no more.' "'No, no, Alessandro, tell me all, all. "'You must have no grief I do not share. "'Tell me about José,' cried Ramona breathlessly. "'Señorita, it will break your heart to hear. "'José was married a year ago. "'He had the best house in Temecula next to my father's. "'It was the only other one that had a shingled roof.' And he had a barn, too, and that splendid horse he rode, and oxen, and a flock of sheep. He was at home when the sheriff came. A great many of the men were away, grape-picking. That made it worse. But José was at home, for his wife had a little baby only a few weeks old, and the child seemed sickly and not like to live, and José would not leave it. José was the first one that saw the sheriff riding into the village and the band of armed men behind him, and José knew what it meant. He had often talked it over with me and my father, and now he saw that it had come, and he went crazy in one minute and fell on the ground, all froth at his mouth. He had had a fit like that once before, and the doctor said if he had another he would die, but he did not. They picked him up, and presently he was better, and Mr. Rothsaker said nobody worked so well in the moving the first day as José did. Most of the men would not lift a hand. They sat on the ground with the women and covered up their faces and would not see. But José worked, and Senorita, one of the first things he did was to run with my father's violin to the store to Mrs. Hartsel and ask her to hide it for us. José knew it was worth money, "'But before noon the second day he had another fit and died in it, "'died right in his own door, carrying out some of the things. "'And after Carmena, that's his wife's name, saw he was dead, "'she never spoke, but sat rocking back and forth on the ground "'with the baby in her arms. "'She went over to Pechanga at the same time I did with my father. "'It was a long procession of us.' "'Where is Pechanga?' asked Ramona.' About three miles from Temecula, a little sort of canyon. I told the people they'd better move over there. The land did not belong to anybody, and perhaps they could make a living there. There isn't any water, that's the worst of it. No water, cried Ramona. No running water. There's one little spring, and they dug a well by it as soon as they got there, so there was water to drink, but that is all. I saw Carmena could hardly keep up, and I carried the baby for her on one arm while I led my father with the other hand. But the baby cried, so she took it back. I thought then it wouldn't live the day out, but it did live till the morning of the day my father died. Just a few hours before he died, Carmena came along with the baby rolled up in her shawl and sat down by me on the ground and did not speak. When I said, How is the little one? She opened her shawl and showed it to me, dead. "'Good, Carmena said I. "'It is good. My father is dying, too. We will bury them together.' So she sat by me all that morning, and at night she helped me dig the graves. I wanted to put the baby on my father's breast, but she said no, it must have a little grave. So she dug it herself, and we put them in. And she never spoke except that once.' She was sitting there by the grave when I came away. I made a cross of two little trees with the boughs chopped off and set it up by the graves. So that is the way our new graveyard was begun, my father and the little baby. It is the very young and the very old that have the blessed fortune to die. I cannot die, it seems. "'Where did they bury José?' gasped Ramona. "'Into Mecula,' said Alessandro.' "'Mr. Rothsaker made two of his men dig a grave in our old graveyard for Jose. "'But I think Carmena will go at night and bring his body away. "'I would. "'But, my senorita, it is very dark. "'I can hardly see your beloved eyes. "'I think you must not stay any longer. "'Can I go as far as the brook with you safely without being seen? "'The saints bless you, beloved, for coming. "'I could not have lived, I think, without one more sight of your face.' and, springing to his feet, Alessandro stood waiting for Ramona to move. She remained still. She was in a sore strait. Her heart held but one impulse, one desire, to go with Alessandro. Nothing was apparently farther from his thoughts than this. Could she offer to go? Should she risk laying a burden on him greater than he could bear? If he were indeed a beggar, as he said, would his life be hindered or helped by her? She felt herself strong and able. Work had no terrors for her, privations she knew nothing of, but she felt no fear of them. "'Alessandro,' she said, in a tone which startled him. "'My senorita,' he said tenderly, "'you have never once called me Ramona.' "'I cannot, senorita,' he replied.' why not? I do not know. I sometimes think, Ramona, he added faintly, but not often. If I think of you by any other name than as my senorita, it is usually by a name you never heard. What is it? exclaimed Ramona, wonderingly. An Indian word, my dearest one, the name of the bird you are like, the wood dove. In the Luiseno tongue, that is Mahel. "'That is what I thought my people would have called you "'if you had come to dwell among us. "'It is a beautiful name, senorita, and it is like you.' "'Alessandro was still standing. "'Ramona rose. "'Coming close to him, she laid both her hands on his breast "'and her head on her hands, and said, "'Alessandro, I have something to tell you. "'I am an Indian. "'I belong to your people.' "'Alessandro's silence astonished her.' "'You are surprised,' she said. "'I thought you would be glad.' "'The gladness of it came to me long ago, my senorita,' he said. "'I knew it.' "'How?' cried Ramona. "'And you never told me, Alessandro.' "'How could I?' he replied. "'I dared not. "'Juan Canito, it was, told me.' "'Juan Canito,' said Ramona musingly, "'how could he have known?' then in a few rapid words she told alessandro all that the senora had told her is that what juan can said she asked all except the father's name stammered alessandro who did he say was my father she asked alessandro was silent it matters not said ramona he was wrong the senora of course knew he was a friend of hers and of the senora Ortegna, to whom he gave me "'But I think, Alessandro, I have more of my mother than of my father.' "'Yes, you have, my senorita,' replied Alessandro tenderly. "'After I knew it, I then saw what it was in your face "'had always seemed to me like the faces of my own people. "'Are you not glad, Alessandro?' "'Yes, my senorita.' "'What more should Ramona say? "'Suddenly her heart gave way, and without premeditation, without resolve— almost without consciousness of what she was doing she flung herself on alessandro's breast and cried oh alessandro take me with you take me with you i would rather die than have you leave me again end of chapter fourteen part two